This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 235, and I'm revisiting the third episode from the Body Image series back in 2019. I'm running solo in this one, exploring self-worth and what it means to feel good enough. We talk about how perfectionism can get in the way of that, and eight ways to build self-worth. This one comes with a great free worksheet called 10 Powerful Ways to Reinforce That You Are Good Enough, and you can grab yours at summerinandin.com forward slash 235. You can also just go to the show notes for this episode to grab a direct link to that. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to She Loves Me So, who left this fantastic review We need more podcasts like this. Every person should listen to this. Hopefully, we can start by changing the mentality of those who need it the most. Thank you so much for leaving that review. You can leave a review by going to iTunes, search for Eat the Rules, click ratings and reviews, and then click to leave a review or give it a rating. You can also subscribe to this show. That would help me out a bunch. You can do that via iTunes or Spotify or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Based on when this episode is airing, I just wanted to also say that if you are a professional, if if you work with anyone as it relates to body image or that intersects with the work that you do, so if you are a dietitian or a nutritionist or a coach or a a therapist or an educator or maybe a yoga teacher or a personal trainer. We, uh, Danny Adams, Danny, uh, I'm a pound cake, Adams and I have opened up enrollment for our body image coach certification program. Again, the course starts in the be- at the beginning of September, but enrollment is open now. So you can get all the details by going to bodyimagecoachcertification.com and And uh, that will give you all the details as well as the link to apply. Uh, So I wanted to give a shout out to that because that opened up for enrollment and it's going to be open through August. So get details if you're a professional and you want to join that. It's incredible. It's amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. The people who do it absolutely love it. And so we are hoping to help as many professionals as possible just feel equipped and know like the right thing to say when you have someone who comes to you with a body image struggle. All right. I'm excited for this episode. Again, I think it's got some amazing stuff in it. So let's get started with this show. 
Okay. Today is episode three in the body image series. And if you've missed the first two episodes, what I'm doing is taking over the podcast over the next few weeks and giving you specific advice and uh, talking about different topics related to body image and self-worth and ways to be more accepting of who you are and the body that you have. And we're going to be talking about self-worth and what it means to believe that you're good enough. So today we're talking about what gets in the way of feeling good enough, how our shoulds feed the belief that we're not good enough, what self-worth is and why it's so damn important for you to believe that you are good enough, the difference between confidence and self-worth how perfectionism influences that. And I'm just going to briefly talk about the eight components of self-worth. I'm not going to go into too much detail on those because I think I'm going to do like a workshop on that in March, but stay tuned for that. It's just percolating in my brain at the moment. And as I said, there's a really cool free worksheet, 10 powerful ways to reinforce that you're good enough. There are actions that you can take, um, everyday things in your life that maybe you're, you don't even realize that you're not doing that you can start doing to really make a deposit into your self-worth bucket, so to speak. So let's just talk about, you know, self-worth is kind of this ambiguous thing. Like what, you know, what is it even? So, you know, let's, let's kind of put it into reality. And you can tell me if this sounds like you or if this sounds familiar, but you wake up in the morning and within a couple hours, you've already started to think to yourself, I should have gotten up earlier. I shouldn't have eaten that for breakfast. I really should have gotten off my phone and gone to bed earlier. Oh, I should exercise today. I should be more productive. I shouldn't be so sensitive. I should not have said that to my mom. I should have, I should really call my friend. I haven't talked to her in like three months. I shouldn't have said that to my boss. I should want to have sex more often. Ah, and I should love my body. What's wrong with me? So is that resonant with any of you listening? You know, we're walking around all day shitting on ourselves and it's a really big emotional weight to carry when you think about that. You know, we're, we're constantly setting these expectations and they're not self-driven. They're really coming from cultural expectations that we've internalized. And we have all these shoulds on our shoulders. And this is such a common narrative that I see with people I work with. And we don't even realize how much of an impact it's having on our well-being and the way that we feel about ourselves. And every time that we should on ourselves, we're saying I'm not good enough. And I'm going to talk more about like specifically what self-worth is, but on a very practical level, something that you can relate to, it's really just, you know, believing that you're not good enough. And it shows up so much in those, in those shoulds. And it's not your fault that you feel that way. You know, we're not defective. You're not defective. I'm not defective. So don't shit on yourself for shooting on yourself. But what's happened is we live in this culture that's instilled this belief that we're not good enough unless we measure up to the standards of being the perfect woman. And the perfect woman, meaning you have to look a certain way, you have to be successful, you have to be a health enthusiast, you have to be a perfect mom or wife, you have to show no exhaustion, you have to be a sex kitten, you have to make sure your house looks like it came off HGTV. You know, if you think about it, it's like really kind of like this like goop, (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow standard, so to speak. And that's what we're feeling the pressure to be. And oh, and you can't age either. Uh, You know, there's a lot of other components to it. But anyways, it's just it's ridiculous, right? It's like these ridiculous standards that we feel like we need to be measured, 
measuring up to. And therefore, we are constantly self-evaluating and looking at it through the perspective of how do I measure up to that? And it causes us to compare ourselves to others, be hyper-focused on how we're perceived, and never feel like we're good enough because we can't achieve that level of perfection. It's, it's exhausting. And it causes us to be afraid of what other people are going to think of us and to just never be able to kind of chill out in our lives because we constantly feel like we should be doing more. We should do it all and be it all. And that those internalized cultural expectations are what we put back on ourselves. And it creates that narrative of shoulds. And it is what makes us really turn to the next diet or lifestyle change, because we think if only I could just make this change, then everything's going to be better. If only I could just do, follow all these shoulds, then everything will be better. But that's never that never really gets to the root of the issue, which is the belief that we're not good enough. And the reason why is because if you think about this, in the context of dieting, a lot of people that I work with and myself personally who have lost weight on a diet, which often happens in the short term, especially the first time, you still you get to that point, but you still don't feel like you're you're good enough. And that's because that change in your body is not feeding the need in your soul to feel good, to feel good enough. You know, I remember being at my thinnest and still hating my body and feeling like there was something else that needed to change. And that's why the, you know, when I talk about body image work, I really intertwine it with self-worth because it's not just about, you know, liking your body or focusing on your body. It's about knowing that you are worthy and knowing who you are. And when we do that, our lives open up to new possibilities and experiences that we thought we couldn't have because we're not shutting on ourselves all the time. You know, we haven't had to check off all these other boxes of societal expectations. We can really live our life, have peace in our life and pursue the things we want to pursue and say the things we want to say and show up how we want to show up, regardless of how we think we should be showing up. And so that that hopefully puts it into context. You know, if, you, if you're wondering, like, self-worth, what does that really mean? How is that impacting me? Like, do I have a self-worth issue? And this is like, by no means to make you feel like you have a self-worth issue, but feelings of inadequacy really show up in the narrative of these shoulds. And we all have it because we all have some form of internalized oppression from the culture that we live in and feeling like we should be different. So what is self-worth and why is it so important for you to feel good enough? I've talked about this before, I think in episode 79, the Body Image and Body Positive 101 podcast that I did a while ago. Uh, when I first started to do this work, I was very much focused on body image and body esteem and helping clients specifically with that. But what I realized is that a lot of people got to a place of feeling more neutral in their bodies. There was still those feelings of I'm not good enough. And my experience to that was very similar too. I worked really hard on accepting my body, but then those beliefs of I'm not good enough kept popping up in other areas of my life, in particular, my work. And that was all hidden before because I was so fixated on my body. And so that un those underlying feelings of inadequacy were 
were always deflected onto my body. But once I had done some of that initial body image work, it started to really become clear that the core of it was really this belief that I wasn't good enough. And so what I've noticed is that we fixate on our body in many instances, because we've been using that as a way to measure our worthiness. And so once that initial layer of body hate gets peeled off, we have to look at self-worth and all the different ways that we can build up self-worth. And ultimately, I want you to be able to look in the mirror and not have an emotional reaction to the way you look. And so if your appearance is not connected to your worth, then you would be able to look in the mirror and just feel neutral about your reflection. And you'd most likely be able to maybe like what you see, maybe not like what you see, but be totally okay with yourself either way. So a lot of our body image issues stem from this need to, you know, to feel exceptional, to feel validated, to feel like we're good enough. And it's not our fault that we feel this way because I said, like, it's that internalized depression that's caused us to feel inferior. And so it is so important. And when we look at what self-worth actually is, it's really just about knowing who you are, like knowing who you are in your core and knowing that you are valuable and worthy. So those are the kind of two pieces to it. And so a lot of the work that came out sounding a little strange, a lot of the work I do with people is about discovering who they really are and helping them believe that who they are is valuable and worthy. And that's through the way that they talk to themselves, the way that they show up and their actions. And so that's what it means to, to work on self-worth, to have a solid sense of self-worth. And it is something that takes practice and intention and, um, and time and patience. And it's one of those things that I think we all sort of carry around these wounds of inadequacy that are going to continue to pop up, but it's about having the tools and the resources to, become more resilient to those moments and know how to deal with them when they do pop up. And that's so much of what I do with people. And so it's not, it's not the same as confidence. So let's just talk about the difference between those things. Cause a lot of people just crave confidence because it feels like something more tangible. It's like you see, you know, celebrities and you're like, Oh, I just want that level of confidence, but it's, it's different than really self-worth. So confidence is related to actions. For example, like having the confidence to ask for a promotion, but you can still lack confidence in certain areas or circumstances and have a solid sense of self-worth. Conversely, you can feel confident and act confident, but still lack a sense of knowing that you're worthy. So it's about your reaction to the outcome, to the situation. So what I mean by that is if you have a really good sense of self-worth, even if you ask for the promotion at work and you don't receive it, it may hurt and you may realize that you lack a certain skill set or level of experience, but your value is not dependent on it. And you're not going to get that like crushing feeling of like inadequacy and feeling like, Oh, I should never, I shouldn't have applied for that. What is wrong with me? It's kind of like that. What is wrong with me thought and narrative that we have in our brain. So you can have a solid sense of self-worth, receive that rejection and still know, you know what? I'm okay. I'm good enough. It just wasn't the right job for me. There's some things that I can work on to become better, to, to apply or look for a different job. So there's a big difference in, in kind of how we react. And that's a good way to assess, you know, whether this is coming from like that wound in our worthiness or whether it's just 
you know, whether we, we have a solid sense of self-worth and it's just that we weren't, you know, the right fit for the promotion in this particular example that I'm using. Conversely, you can lack self-worth, like I said, and if you don't get the promotion, you're going to feel like a failure that there's something wrong with you. So confidence is really about a state of being, and that helps us take action in the face of fear. And that can exist with or without self-worth. And I encourage people to do confidence and have the courage to do confident things and, and push through that fear and work through that fear, because that does help to build self-worth as well. You know, once we can see that we're capable of doing these things and be with ourselves through the moments of failure or rejection, that helps to really reinforce that we're good enough. So that's getting like really specific in terms of the difference between confidence and self-worth and why I like to focus on self-worth so much and why shifting those feelings of inadequacy that we've inherited from our culture that we live in is so important. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Eat the Rules has been on Libsyn for eight years, and I absolutely love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of Eat the Rules, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D to get started and create your podcast today. But let's talk about what gets in the way of us believing that we're good enough. So I think, you know, it's the cultural forces, number one. But when I work with people, there's such a common thread that most of them are type A high achieving perfectionists. They're successful in every area of their lives, except they just don't feel like they're ever good enough. And for most of their lives, they were trying to lose weight in order to gain that praise, gain that approval, gain that validation, um, and achieve that level of perfection. And so the common thread here is perfectionism, and that can be broken down into two parts. And so the first part of it is really just the quest for perfection and what is impossible. You know, we've been fed this image of the perfect woman, as I said, that we're measuring ourselves up against. And when the reality of our situation doesn't match those ideals, we feel bad about ourselves, we feel shame, we feel inadequate. And the problem is, is that we have these ridiculous ideals that are impossible to live up to. Like if you take a look at all your shoulds, how realistic is it for you to do all those things? You don't have enough time in the day, you know, and our culture makes it feel like we should be able to do it all, that there's this productivity narrative that we should be able to push through, figure it out and bootstrap our way to perfection. Kelly Deals posted this really good meme on Instagram this week that was uh, fighting back against that other meme, I guess, that says like Beyonce has 24 hours in a day, like she can do it, you can too. And just how that narrative of productivity is just so harmful for us and is making us just feel like we're inadequate. And it's a never winning cycle because it's impossible to achieve that. And even if you do achieve it, we're hinging our happiness and self-worth on something that's so external. And often it's not truly fulfilling 
failing us. It's like, okay, I should do all these things. Like I should have sex more often. I should have a cleaner house. I should do all these things. And it's like, even if you tick off all those boxes, it's not truly fulfilling us. It's just giving us this like external kind of validation and praise that lasts for like a hot minute and then it's gone and we're back to feeling like we're not good enough. And there's always something else that we can be. There's always this next level of perfection that we need to be striving to. And that's why we have to let go of these ridiculous ideals and really just embrace who we are. The fact that we're imperfect, that we're messy, that we need to rest and we don't always have our shit together and that we're good enough, even though we don't have our shit together. You know, we don't need to earn our worthiness or as Brene Brown says, hustle for our worthiness. You know, that has to come from within. And I really like to inspire people to reject the cultural standards in order to be who they are and really embrace that and even use that like rebellious energy that you're going against the status quo, even if that means like napping more often because you deserve a rest. Um, and to see that as like a way that you're fighting back against the system, that you're showing yourself that you're mad at, that you matter, that you're actually rejecting those shoulds. And that's like a real mindset shift. That's hard for people because we, think we need to be doing it all and constantly striving to do more and to be more. And in order to actually be more, we sometimes have to do less and really just be ourselves, like just be, be, (laughs) you know, just be, just sit there and be, and that's getting a little existential there, but uh, that's what I mean by that. And so rejecting those shits, rejecting that, that ideal is goes a long way towards getting to the core of who we really are and believing that we're good enough. And the second part of that is, is really this desire to please and be accepted and loved by others. So perfectionism isn't just the quest for the ideal. It's like, what is that quest for the ideal really going for? And at the root of it is that desire to be sometimes desirable, to to please, to be accepted, to be loved, to be adored. And we're hinging our sense of worth on what other people think and their approval. And we end up losing ourselves in the process. When our self-worth and our self-image ride on what other people think, which is something we cannot control, we're never going to be happy with who we are. We have to be who we are. We have to take up space. We have to be okay with the fact that somebody's not going to like us. Some people aren't going to like us. And letting go of what other people think and being okay with everyone not liking us and really getting to touch with who we are and showing that our true self to the world breaks those chains of perfection. It's like, well... Okay, here, I'm going to use another Brene Brown analogy, but letting all that armor down and really just being who we are. And that can be scary because it's like, oof, you know, I'm really, if I'm not striving for that, then who am I? And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that in a second because that can be a, a scary transition to make. And to overcome that, we really have to address our fear of judgment, our fear of rejection, and start to give ourselves the validation and the praise that we've been looking for from other people to solidify that belief that we're good enough. Let's talk about 
some of the components of self-worth. And as I said, I'm not going to go into each of these because I want to save that, I think, for an upcoming workshop. I wish I was like 100% confident that that's what it's going to be. But I think so. As I was writing this episode, I was like, oh, this this needs to be like its own workshop. So I think that's what I'm going to do in March. But self-worth is really, as I said, knowing who we are and knowing that who we are is valuable and worthy just as we are. And it's built upon beliefs and actions that support that feeling of enoughness. And the difference between self-worth and confidence and self-esteem is it stays constant amongst the ups and downs of our life. So it allows us to accept and express our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions without letting any negative experiences crush our sense of value. Of course, we're going to have tender spots still. Like, of course, it's going to feel hard, especially if we're new to this, it's going to feel hard to really hard to be rejected. It's going to feel really hard to uh, speak your mind and maybe set a boundary with someone who you've always really pandered to for lack of a better word. And so, you know, it's going to take time, but that is how we build it up. And we want to get to a point where we can do those things and it doesn't crush our sense of value. If someone doesn't like us or they don't approve, or we are addressing conflict in our lives. And, you know, if you're like super curious to know more about this and want to do deeper work on this in the group program that I run you on fire, this is, I mean, this is what the program's all about, but we really like the first part of the program was really about letting go of all the beliefs that keep our worth tied to our body size and challenging the beliefs and the fears that get in the way of us truly letting go and accepting our bodies and being who we are. And we kind of get rid of all those things that are draining our worthiness tank and all the conditional things that are keeping our worth reliant on our body size and our our appearance. And then we start to fill that tank up with the things that support a deep sense of knowing that we're enough as we are so that you can be more confident in social situations, take the risks you want to take without being plagued by a narrative of self-doubt. So whether that is asking for a promotion or getting into the dating scene or uh, wearing a bikini to the beach, like just being able to do all those things and feel so much better about yourself when doing it. That's really what that's all about. So if you're curious to learn more, you can always go to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire and get on the wait list for the next cycle of that program, which uh, if you're listening to this in February, 2020 is going to be in the spring of 2020. But we do have the power to reclaim our worth and believe that we are good enough exactly as we are and rid ourselves of that perfectionism that holds us back, that makes us really hooked on praise and fearful of criticism and all of the shoulds that are plaguing us and making us feel like we're not good enough. And so let's talk about some of the things that can bolster our self-worth. And there are eight categories, I guess you could call them that I just want to talk really briefly about today. One is beliefs that support unconditional respect and love for ourselves. So when we believe that we are worthy, that we deserve love, that we deserve respect, primarily from ourselves, then that is like the biggest thing we can do to support the belief that we're good enough. Second thing is having an acceptance of who we are. And that includes the parts of ourselves that maybe we don't really like. And that's okay because we're not aiming for perfection. We are messy, imperfect humans, and we have parts of ourselves that maybe aren't so great. And that's okay to acknowledge that and invite that that part of us into the equation and accept it and be okay with it. 
This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Their product, AG1, is something that I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't have time to always eat a wide variety of foods. And with my son in daycare, I need my immune system to be functioning as best as it can. And AG1 saves me from taking multiple different supplements. With AG1, I can have one drink, and I know I'm giving my body its best chance at better immunity and energy. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's got a mild tropical taste and goes down easy. What I love is that for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Hungry Kid in the U.S. As well, they are a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy for you, listeners, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging to tend to your health and arm your immune system in an easy and convenient way. Third thing is compassion. And that is really developed through the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we treat ourselves. It's not about positive self-talk. It's about acceptance and making space for whatever feelings are coming up and feeding the side of our brain that is the opposite of the negative side. So if we're not listening to our shoulds, what are we listening to? It's that compassionate narrative that says, you're okay, you're good enough, your feelings are valid, you're, you are worthy here. The fourth thing is um, thoughts and behaviors that support a sense of, of gratitude and enoughness. So finding appreciation in our lives, finding appreciation for who we are, finding the qualities that we bring to this world and appreciating those qualities so that we can see that we are so much more than our body and appreciate that as well. Fifth thing is self-care and with, with self-care, you know, it's not just like pedicures and things like that. It's so much bigger than that. It's about showing ourselves that we matter. Those are the actions that we take that can really support the belief that we're good enough and, um, support compassionate treatment of ourselves. And so, you know, self-care is, uh, looking at the emotional, physical, and mental ways that we show ourselves that we matter. And uh, the next chunk of like self-worth work, like, because I said eight things, there's kind of three that others what I wanted to cover. It's about knowing who we are. You know, who are we without our shoulds? How do we show up in our lives if we're not worried about other people's opinions or judgments? Who are we without our identity as someone pursuing weight loss or dieting or with like, I'm the paleo crossfitter, you know, who are we without that? So and I feel like we get really lost in that too. And that happens if we've been engaging in that for a long time, or if something like motherhood or career or dieting has just taken over our lives that we lose touch with who we really are. And when we've been striving to achieve this version of perfection, it's like, who are we without those shits? And that's a big, scary unknown. And so a huge piece of 
connecting with our sense of self and sense of self-worth is about knowing who we are in the absence of those shoulds and just knowing our identity and things like that and how that's maybe evolved over the course of our lives and who we are in this moment. And so the three pieces of that, uh, one is really looking at our values and making choices and taking actions that honor who we are and our values. Next one is having a sense of purpose. So having a sense of purpose outside of striving to lose weight or striving to please others. And that can be scary for some people. Like it really can be because it's like, whoa, you know, what, what am I doing if I'm not constantly, you know, performing for approval and praise and striving for perfection. And it's understanding and connecting with that sense of purpose. And it doesn't mean like having um, a different career or anything like that. Sometimes it does, but there's just, you know, there's, there's a reason why you're here on this earth. And it's really about connecting to that and seeing that you're greater than all of these other external things that you've been measuring yourself up against. And then the last piece is play and pleasure and creativity. And I kind of take that from like Brene Brown's model that she uses in the gifts of imperfection in terms of like a wholehearted person. I like these pieces because they connect with like the kind of a more innocent level of ourselves that perhaps we had when we were more uninhibited as a child. And, uh, and so connecting with like play and pleasure and creativity, which can also seem really daunting because maybe you have a strange relationship with those things, or maybe you don't see yourself as a creative person, but I guess what we're trying to do with that is really breaking down the chains of perfection and looking at us and saying, who are we? And we can use like play and pleasure to discover more about who we are. And so those are the the eight pieces that I use when I'm working with people to really look at building up self-worth. And as I said, I think there'll be a workshop on those things in more detail and how to go about building those things. That's essentially like the model that is in my You on Fire program. We look at all those different components to really build up this belief that who you are is good enough and that your identity is not about those shoulds and striving for that ideal. Okay, so that wraps up what I wanted to talk about here. And I've got a worksheet called 10 Powerful Ways to Reinforce That You're Good Enough. And these are the not so obvious ways that we can reinforce that we're good enough. So there's obvious ways like self-talk, being compassionate with ourselves, but there's a lot of actions that we can take to really reinforce that we're good enough. And so I've listed 10 of them in, uh, in this worksheet that you can download and use it as like your guide to help you make more deposits into your self-worth bucket to believe that you are worthy and that you are lovable and that you're valuable because you are, you really are. I see that in you, even though I can't actually see you right now, but I just know it (laughs) and I know it. And I want you to believe that for yourself. All right. Don't forget to grab your free worksheet that goes along with this episode, 10 powerful ways, ways, 10 powerful ways to reinforce that you're good enough. You can find that at summerinandin.com forward slash two, three, five. Thanks so much for being here today. I will talk to you again soon. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanin. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.